0: <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti.
1: And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the Way Curls. Way girls. Join
0: us as we share our unique life experiences. AKA Tell All Our Business. And explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a, a thing.
1: thing. Yes.
0: Hey girl, hello, oh. welcome to another episode of Around the Way Curls. Hey girl, hey, hey. Happy Monday to all of our listeners.
1: Oh, happy Monday, everyone.
0: Girl! Oh,
1: you're already loud. Pull the mic back. We, we I'm excited. I
0: deserve to be loud. You're excited. Tell me why you're excited, Queen. Last week, I was very sad and depressed and apparently bringing tears to the eyes of the listeners as well. I apologize. And thank you for being sympathetic and empathetic to my pain and the loss of the Sable Collective's IG, but it has returned. Woo! Woo! <laughs> It's enough. Thank you very much, much, My, much. <laughs> for ringing the alarm because I just, I did not have I that know. in me. I too. was so shocked when I woke up and I didn't see anything.
1: I said, Oh, that baby girl's in the bed. She got the covers over her head.
0: <laughs> I was so defeated. I was oh, so no. sad. But. Never. Shout out to everyone. What ended up happening was Antoinette shared it on Around the Way Curls platform. It was shared by others. Shout out to Yaba Blay. Shout out Ooh. to every single listener and follower of both the Sable Collective and Around the Way Curls. I saw it mentioned and mentioned. Oh Eventually, my God. sweet baby, uh, Siosa. I'm not saying this beautiful person's name correctly. And they won't respond to my... <laughs> My emails anymore. But a person that it. worked at Meta contacted me and was like, girl, stop playing. What's what's the information? I'll create a ticket for you. And two days later, I got an email from Meta, like, please reset your password. Uh, and I was back in that bitch. But I know that's right. There's 1.3 billion users of Instagram. So for anybody to expect Them to have the capacity to offer proper customer service is just, y'all need to stop. no, Y'all need, girl, need to stop. It's
1: 1.3 billion. It don't matter, people. Let me tell you something. It's a it's a billion around the way curls as well. And that post, I'm looking at it right now. Over a hundred or some people reshared that post. I know, but what I'm saying is that It's that reach always out and help you.
0: It's your relationships yes. and it's nepotism, right? Because a lot of people are like, <laughs> or community. Why do you have to put this? It's community, but that on it? nepotism <laughs> is a part of community. It's not a bad thing. I don't think nepotism is a bad thing I know you so I I'm too. gonna put you on
1: sometimes
0: child the opportunities yeah. you have received because of people you know ain't nothing wrong with that it's okay I, and it's I've fine. always
1: been ready for said opportunities I'm not and saying, deserving
0: I'm not saying that but <laughs> it's important of who you know and shout out for the Around the Way Curls community because y'all on people in high places apparently listen
1: they said when we are afraid we must remember that we can find the anecdote to fear and community. I said, "Oh yes, child, that's it." I was. You scared. was under the covers, and all you needed was community. Praise be. I was. Scared. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy I was for Sad. Saving.
0: I was, but even the days in between, um, you know, because also the person was very wise and was like, "Girl, I can't guarantee nothing. Like, I'm gonna put this. Give me your info. Do what he do." Because also, there's 1.3 billion people on this platform. And I'll do the best that I can. <laughs> Um, but in between the, those days where I didn't know it was going to happen, I really had to, like, be okay with having to start over in a particular way and having to know that the Sable Collective wasn't Instagram only. Mm-hmm. And also everybody needs – if your business is 25% dependent on Instagram, you're in trouble. So, for all the people that have platforms, have businesses, there has to be some kind of backup to how you can be connected to people. And um I want to say now I, I this was my hot shit weeks ago. Paula Motherfucking Lay Yogini <laughs> in Melbourne on YouTube. Oh my God. <laughs> she has a 30-day yoga challenge and I've been doing it. It hasn't been back-to-back. I haven't done it every day. But I would say like three to four times out of the week, I'm doing yoga. And so she offers different flows every day. So you'll have like a really hard one, like a hard one, like an hour-long I am in pain afterwards. Mm. And then the next day, she'll do like a shoulder, back, leg, you know, a more yin stuff. And then she does like restorative very yin where you're like in a pose for five minutes a hard pose for five minutes she's just like just breathe
1: restorative yoga be
0: with your (laughs) breath the way
1: i need it so badly i I prefer to flow so much more
0: the way to be in practice of that though for like two weeks has i understand how yoga can change people's lives Because either if you're doing hot stuff and your muscles are being stressed or if you're just like having to relax and lean into a really hard pose, you have to breathe and you have to stay with it. Got to be present. The way I've been trying to apply that to my life and the way it doesn't feel so foreign where I'm just like, all right, this is going to pass. This is only a minute. And the way I'm getting stronger. Yeah, girl. I what did love, you say to me the other week?
1: That um, that's powerful.
0: It's it is powerful. It is. I want everybody to follow follow Paula Lay. Yo. what is it? Mel Yogini in Melbourne. She's we not. You should do like, it
1: in the morning. What time are you getting up?
0: Uh, can you do 5:45. it at like seven? All right. Yes, well, can, can you do it at seven? Um, no, because I have to be on the road at eight o'clock tomorrow. So unfortunately I can't. Not I can. tomorrow.
1: Some days, yes, twice a week together. I would love Seven. to do
0: it with you. She's, Share it, it's FaceTime. She's she's powerful, and she also in between her sequences, she'll have you just sit down and then you're just breathing for two minutes. Like she's a master. This this <laughs> Paula is my spiritual teacher, and every time I end it, I say I love you, Paula. Thank you, because <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love her. I write comments too. I write. When she does, you write in the comments. I write, I say Paula, I thank you. That. So I love Paula Lay. So, shout oh. out to Yogini and Melbourne changing my life, girl. You
1: better write these people and big them up. I love you. Bye. Have a good I, night. I'm a
0: big fan.
1: Okay, big fan say less. Yes, How Dad, are you? you cheating on Heather, Heather Robertson. You I ain't with to that Paula. life
0: no more. No, uh uh-uh. uh. I need, <laughs>
1: she said, I gotta flow and breathe. I gotta, 36. Flow and um, are is, are those your updates?
0: I'm done. Okay. How are you?
1: I'm okay. I I um yes, I'm good. After uh, the can't afford therapy podcast again, BBA! it dropped, and I'm realizing, I think, strangely enough, this podcast, which is my baby, is the one where I get the most flat. And I'm okay with that. I'm like, yo, when I'm one, see the thing is, <laughs> when I'm and I, and I can't afford therapy, there's nothing but like straight love, and I know that it's coming from the around the way curl community. Like, the, what? Where else are these people coming from? So I'm really appreciative. It was noticed by my other podcast hosts that um, that the support that I have. Feels really personal, mm. and they were like, "Wow!" Like the the people aren't just saying like, "Oh, double tap!" Like they're writing messages mm-hmm. in Listen. the DMs. Yes, they're writing you messages on your page. Like people are really rooting for you and invested. Yes, and I, and there were certain names that I knew, and I was like, "Oh, that's Yo Yo, and that's this," and it was just like, "How do you know that?" It's like I am invested too. Like we have a, community, a community here. So it was it was um really beautiful and I was really grateful. And we got, I know last week we had asked for folks to um to rate and subscribe because we had um one person say that we didn't know what the fuck we was talking about and shut up. So I was like, all right, all right, let's cover that one up. Let's get some more reviews. And then we got a review, but they had feedback for via the review. <laughs> so I would On- like to on, on hours, On, on ours. Our, around the weekends, Yeah. And so I want to say, they said, new listener, truly love the podcast, working my way from newest to oldest. My hope is that Antoinette can please stop cutting Shanti off or cutting her down when she doesn't agree. And then she kept going, but she got, um, obviously, it cut her off. So I'd like to apologize to you. I don't think I'm aware of that. I think that I... am I've consciously worked very hard on that because I was aware of it before. I thought that I had stopped. Maybe when I get real passionate, I steamroll over you. So I'm going to acknowledge that because- This is
0: from the newest to the oldest or the oldest? They're from she most She said reasons. the newest to the oldest. Oh, so girl. I'm like,
1: damn, I'm still doing <laughs> that? <laughs> It's like, I thought it was some progress. Don't keep listening. You ain't never going to keep going. (laughs) So I just want to say that to you. So I'm going to ask you to help me, maybe give me a signal of like, hey, you're doing it. And then I'll stop.
0: I haven't noticed that as of late myself, so...
1: All right, so maybe you need to shut up. It's like, no, I'm playing. Um, kidding. But no, I I I want to I realize that the feedback I get on here, I take the most personal one because this is the most personal to me. Um, mm-hmm. and because I think it's in connection with you. And so this is a really important relationship to me. So you are. And so I just want to always be cognizant of how I'm showing up in that. But all in all, grateful. Um, and I not realized asking too, for
0: reviews and then we're mad about not it. For, I, that, that, those, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful. I was like, all right, I asked for uh-uh, uh, no. Nah, nah, Stop with the reviews. Just like it. Just give us a 4.5. <laughs> Don't come. 4.5, five stars.
1: <laughs> um, but I realized too that a lot of my after after hearing the feedback from my from my co hosts, I realized that a lot of my fear, and we were breaking this down last week, it's rooted in my a like this lack of security or this this lack of security that I've created in my head, mm-hmm. um, but it's also deeply rooted in my and I think I've mentioned this before the fact that I'm disconnected from my faith and I don't really have a a, a real spiritual faith based practice mm-hmm. and we're gonna get into that because whew, when you ask the universe for things it'll you know, slap me with it like. Shout out to Yaba Blay. She had a live the other day that I stayed up all night last night watching and taking notes on and just, I, we'll get into it cause it's part of my hot shit. But um, and uh, again, with Can't Afford Therapy, I'm working with someone very similar to me. Mandy uh, B is our executive producer. She's similar to me in a lot of ways in terms of how she works. She's all business like you could be her best friend but when it comes to her business she's like this is what needs to happen and she's she's coming in hot sometimes because she's very much task oriented and so in watching her it's holding up a mirror to me and allowing me to learn how to work better with others there's there's certain things she's brilliant like she is brilliant When it comes to production, she's brilliant with putting the right people on her team, with marketing, all of that stuff. She has a tried and true formula for how to make shit pop. Um, What we both can do better at is how we communicate. And so she and I just shared a really great conversation around communication, around understanding the emotional needs of the people that you're working with so that when you communicate they can hear it. And so it's something that I've really been trying to work on and take in because, oh Chow. It is hard. And working with her is really helping me see myself in a lot of ways. And it made what, me think what, about
0: what, what's the hard part on being on the receiving end of that? What's hard about it? What, what feels do you mean? hard? What feels hard? Mm -hmm. like Um, Slowing
1: down when so much needs to happen, especially when there's like time restraints, slowing down and having to like take into consideration, especially when the other person, when when folks aren't listening or they're missing things or the work is not what you want it to be. It's Mm. not up to the standard that you're comfortable with. Mm. And figuring out, the way to say that so that they feel inspired and not berated, mm-hmm. so that they feel um, activated mm-hmm. and uh, and they feel understood and still appreciated mm-hmm. um, is hard when you're just like, this is a mess and we need to get this up in 15 minutes. So this needs to happen. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. I thought we discussed this. And then you're, there's also frustration bubbling under there because you're like, I thought we had all these conversations. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the final product. What the fuck?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I can understand that as well. So it's just really, it's just a really, really beneficial experience um, more than I thought it would be even in my in my own growth. Um. so yeah and lastly if you're on Patreon or whatever like <laughs> I was on the phone with Shotzi this weekend and it was right before the Eagles game or whatever and I was like y'all about to go to a oh I hit the mic y'all about to go to an Eagles bar I don't like in New York I don't know if I want to go because if they lose I'm going to have an attitude I'm not going to be happy and then I looked at the time and thought oh my god I could really go home and watch this game with my mom and make it in time And Shanti put the battery in my back. And so I drove home. I watched the Eagles win. And we are headed to the motherfucking Super Bowl. And I don't... That lackluster... Uh, cheer Ooh, tells me everything I need to know. Wee- about- <laughs> ah, yeah, I, what I didn't tell you though was that after we won, I hurried up and skedaddle from my mom's house and didn't go downtown because I knew downtown was going to be a shit show. But definitely drove to the northeast and was out in the streets. You did, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, I want to celebrate, uh, and I it's like on the way back. So listen, I just figured, for those of you that don't understand, Philly is. Crazy. Part, we get crazy. They have to grease down the poles because people will literally climb up the light poles and be up fifteen feet in the air, risking their this lives. This wasn't as bad. As no, last because I they're per, they put barricades to keep people away from businesses they did and corral them. Time. Well, they they know Philly knows its citizens at this point. We can't just let these niggas be out here celebrating freely. We have to corral them because <laughs> they stood on top of a SEPTA bus stop that, that has. Of course, and a top it to it about crashing down. Seven bell. niggas was up there, crashed down, shorty broke her neck and was smiling the whole way with a cast on her neck going into an ambulance. <laughs> I saw
1: that. Unwell. And she was black.
0: Yeah. And she was black, y'all. It's not just black. No, the it's a mix. It brings the people together.
1: That's what I that's what I that is what sports does. It really does. And so we are. In the Super Bowl, we I feel good about it. I would love to talk to you about it, but for those You'd of you who love to that talk to watch, me about it. Yeah, I you wish. So I know funny. that you don't know shit about it, <laughs> Girl, so that's why, why i just like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> but I I think that we I think that we have a great shot. I think that Patrick Mahomes, I think that his ankle will not heal before then. I don't think that the Chiefs defense is good at all they're inconsistent i think that the only thing that i'm worried about is our defensive line not being able to get to patrick because he might get that ball out really quickly and so i think it's just going to be him throwing the kelsey for five yards all the way down the field down the field down the field and we're going to have a hard time stopping it we will see yeah, I am so hoping I could, that our I people get to on all of that. I <laughs> yeah, agree. now you said you sound like a kid fury where he's like, "Yay, sports!" <laughs> 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 but anyway, go Eagles! A shout out to Philly. Mayor Kenny said that we win a Super Bowl. He's sparing no expense because he's on his way out, and it's been hell being the mayor of Philadelphia. So he's getting <laughs> he to have some like,
0: fun. And I'm stealing fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> say I'm
1: spending all y'all money and bankrupting you because you weren't appreciative. Poor anyway, Kenny. God damn. All right, so those are the updates. I think that you should ask the people the next thing since I, when I did it, didn't quite work out the way I had envisioned. We please share.
0: Would like you all to share, rate, comment review on this podcast if you've been listening for a long time if you're a new listener your comments are entertaining enlightening and also used to help us be better people it's a community effort and we appreciate it also it helps us technically in the algorithm of life life Of making this (laughs) podcast available to new eyes and new ears. You can also see us with your eyeballs on a Patreon if you subscribe and become a patron. Monthly, take $5 and you can watch all of these podcast episodes and enjoy our smiles. So there's links for that as well in the description. So do all of that. Thank you very much.
1: Good job by you. <laughs> um, I we do have a little announcement. Unfortunately, before I was inspired by Miss Yaba Blay and her guests, which we will talk about in a bit. Last night, uh, we received an email from Spotify saying, ah, 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 ah. "Y'all using other people's music now." What? What are they talking about? I, I was know. like, "What? we use <laughs> using people's music? Like, what did you talk about?" <laughs> I I have to point out that it was mostly Beyonce. It was mostly Beyonce and her people that done reported us, but they reported a Shaw. And so music is gone. (laughs) It died. There will be no more music at the end of these episodes because I spent about four hours yesterday cutting music out of all of the episodes that they flagged and uploading them back so that they weren't lost off the RSS feed.
0: So, if you are a podcaster, awkward as hell now. After the end it's, of it, not only like, do we all not right. know how to end the episode, but there's going to be no
1: <laughs> jazz. No, there no will cheese. be. We are going to have our own outro music. It is currently being made, and but it will take a little while to, you know, align on an edit. So in the meantime, in between time, enjoy. Be present. Enjoy JoJo at the end of the episode. Giving you wonderful directions on how to follow us. And that's it. So don't ask us where it went.
0: They gone. All we right? You might listen to that music at the end anyway.
1: First of all, we, got, we get a lot of feedback on the music and how it's curated very well. I Actually, apologize. one person told me that only. And one that person. <laughs> Shout out to her. <laughs> Shout out to Renee Blewett. She said that it, that it was seamless, and she really she she really enjoyed the curation. Beyonce said, "Not on my watch." <laughs> Not Ayanla coming out. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving right along, it is Black History Month. We're Lift a week late.
0: <laughs> every voice. Do you know the song and sing? Of course. Sorry. And sing. Till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmony of liberty. Let me tell you something: these new generations of black kids they are learning that. this. Jojo don't know the Black National Anthem. She Is don't. That what it's called? Yes, she don't know it. They ain't teaching who, these kids that. Who wrote it?
1: Mmm, mm. Black history trivia. Tri- oh, aren't <laughs> you trying to? Play Who wrote me? it? Black history trivia. I we this was on our trivia that we did with Armani back in the day on Marcus that very Garvey. old episode. No, Marcus Garvey, <laughs> Jamaican ass, was not writing nothing about <laughs> he America. Said, I wanna, he I was like, leave.
0: Go
1: home. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus was like, get on the Black Star Line and leave.
0: Uh. Also, the kids ain't learning. We got to te- JoJo has to teach, learns this song. Learn it.
1: Does she know it? No. Well, that's a failure on
0: your she part, bitch. The black anthem. <laughs> like she Cash Money Records. <laughs> Girl, you look good. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I right. apologize.
1: Okay, so in the second week of Black History Month, since we were late. Didn't even realize it the last recorded. We have to realize that when we record, we need to be planning for the next week. We'll do better. We'll do better. We need a producer. Somebody help. Uh, I want to take some time to highlight. I think for this month, we should highlight different folks that I think are prominent, but might not get all the shine that everyone else gets. So my personal favorite, who brought me up as a young pup, From me, from the ages of what, 13, probably to about 22, 23. His name is Dr. Gregory Carr. I refer to him as the God. He is Africana Carr, two R's Mm. on Carr, uh, on Twitter. So I'm going to read you his little bio. It's not little. It's Mm. an excerpt of it. Greg Carr is the Associate Professor for Africana Studies and the Chair of the the Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University and Adjunct Faculty at the Howard School of Law. He holds a PhD in African American Studies from Temple University and a G.D. from the Ohio State University College of Law. The School District of Philadelphia's first resident scholar on race and culture, Dr. Carr led a team of academics and educators in the design of the curriculum framework for Philadelphia's mandatory high school African-American history course. These materials are the first to approach African-American history using an Africana studies methodology. He is a a co-founder of Philadelphia Freedom of the Philadelphia Freedom Schools Movement, a community-based academic initiative that has involved over thirteen thousand elementary, high school, and college students, Ooh. I being one of them. Dr. Carr was someone who I would rush, rush to leave. I would leave Kappa and rush to go get to Temple, where he would hold think tanks. And we would show up and listen to him speak and take notes. Dr. Carr told us when I was about 15 or 16 years old that Barack Obama was going to be the first president,
0: okay. Black president Prophecy. of the United States. Let's go.
1: Because that is how well-researched he is. Dr. Carr uses probably 99.9% of his brain. <laughs> there is so much information. He can cite text. He can cite dates. He He's brilliant. But the, the most incredible part about him is his ability to reach young people yes. and old people of all ages. He's intergenerational. And he also has so much knowledge of culture in general. It's not just academia. He will, in a minute, quote you a slick Rick rap. He'll tell you like, he is just that dude. And he's dedicated his life to literacy, to liberation. And give
0: that man an introduction and the fucking flowers. Yes, Dr.
1: Carr. I love this man. So I would like to play a clip of Dr. Carr speaking. And I need you to be cognizant that this man works for Howard University in said clip. Okay? Just keep that in mind.
2: When Huey Huey Newton was slain in the streets of Oakland. So, Malcolm X, Malcolm X, gunned down with the damn police in the room, the damn black police informant. See, what we're also looking at is the hard cap limits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. With all due respect to my friends who make quite a lot of money, trying to tell people that diversity, equity, and inclusion is the way. But if diversity, equity, and inclusion is really about murder. You know, I spent this week wondering what Martin Luther King might have to say about Howard University getting $90 million from the damn military for a a contract for research and development. An HBCU-led, university-affiliated research center consortium to exercise research focused on tactical autonomy in the military. Meaning what? We're going to... Make sure that we know who to bomb before we send people in because we're trying to protect American lives. Well, then you're going to take the lives of people all over, including through AFRICOM, Africans, people who look like you. You joined the Air Force, ROTC, so you could pay for school. And the next thing you know, they got you developing technology to be able to better identify who to kill. And you take that as some kind of damn progress, diversity and equity and inclusion uh, in many ways means come and join us in our criminal enterprise. Nigga.
1: <laughs> so, what you have to recognize is that the main and the main thing that Dr. Carr does is he helps you critically think. He gives you the information, he tells you what he thinks about it. He tells you what other people thinks about it, and he challenges you to have your own thought. And so he, I know personally tons of people whose lives were changed significantly. By this man being present in their lives, so big shout out to him. He is absolutely a part of our black history, a part of American history, a part of world history, and he deserves every bit of flowers that
0: and you we said give people him. can connect to him on Twitter. people can
1: connect with i mean he's he's at Howard now, but yes, you can connect with him on Twitter at um Africana Car. And I'll put his handle in this description. But just a brilliant man, a generous man, super down to earth. And if you can, if you want to go on YouTube, he does have, I believe it's weekly. Karen Hunter, who is also brilliant in her own right, she has a YouTube series called In Class with Carr. They're on episode 151. They did an amazing episode on Tyree Nichols and the system of brutality, which we will touch mm. on later. Mm. Um, but you can go and watch him and, and watch these classes. And if you see him on YouTube, you will see that he is surrounded floor to ceiling with nothing but books. You you can't see the walls Brilliant. around him. Wow. It's book to book to book to book. And I tell you right now, he could quote (laughs) any one of those books and know what page, know who wrote it, know when they wrote it. Yes, see,
0: some people's brains just work like that. And just humble, yeah, humble,
1: but ready and willing to help you understand and find information. So, beautiful man, I love him truly. I miss him dearly, and I encourage all of you to to check him out and to connect with him. So, shout out to Dr. Carr and Black History Month. Let's take a break or whatever. Like, Shanti, can you sing again? You're just blessing
0: us. Oh, yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back.
1: Boop. Did you forget the
0: song? I wanted to go into something else, but I was like, let me keep it. Let me keep it back.
1: Do you know the rest of Lift Every Voice and Sing? Because you stopped and I'm concerned.
0: Well, it's a long song uh-huh keep Live going with the harmonies of liberty Bertie. let our rejoicing Eyes high, high as the lifted sky listening skies, let us, us rise out till victory loud as the rolling sea sing, sing a song <laughs> full key change of the day that the dark past has Girl, brought. Girls sing sing
1: a song full sing of the faith that the dark past song
0: <laughs> full of the uh, uh, hope uh, that uh,
1: the uh, presence uh, has uh, brought
0: us.
1: Key change. Facing the rising, rising
0: sun. I don't know the rest of the song. That's what our you want New days know. begun. Let us, Let march, us march on, on. till victory is won. Yes, Queen. That should be the
1: ending song. I'm gonna tell you this. Guess how every day we started Freedom School.
0: That's how we started every day at Fila Academics Plus. We did the pledge of allegiance. And then we sung the How Black How dare Asian. you?
1: How dare you had done that and then you don't remember it?
0: Uh, I don't. I never got... I never... I learned that song just by straight hearing other people sing it, but I never got a piece of paper. It was all just through oratory, collective... You better talk uh, about the <laughs> tradition. 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 I never was sat down and taught that. They just threw my weird ass in school with a bunch of black kids and I was like, "Bet we about to learn this song.
1: <laughs> keep this in, Monty. Keep all of that in, B. <laughs> Not Don't, me going
0: from homeschool no to break. all black school. Fucking Not, it up. No break. I said, say less. <laughs> What's the song? Give me the key. We going. Oh my you got God, a piece of paper you. and learned it? Of
1: course, we had it like projected on a screen. We had oh, Temple. I wish. We had. Oh. Like this. It was a wow. It was a miracle. Was...
0: All those little fifth, 11 and 12 year olds knew that song. <laughs> That's amazing,
1: though. They were like, listen, this is how your ancestors did it. Watch this paper. What the fuck out is to that? Fittler,
0: like... Academics Plus. Boop, boop, boop. What is
1: that? Is that where you went to grade school? Like, yeah. What is that? Okay.
0: Yep. On Wayne Avenue.
1: Wow. All right, everybody. I don't know if we're. T- I don't. I don't want to cut any of that out. So we're back, <laughs> um, officially, and we're back with some hot shit. I don't need to talk about this. It really doesn't make sense. Let me say. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it doesn't make sense.
0: Not listed on it here. It was one last week. <laughs> Not listed we on here is. <laughs> Little Yachty came out with a new album. Let me tell you something. Oh my God. I don't know nothing about Little Yachty, but Nick Hakim, the love of my life, posted. How many loves of your life? A lot because love is not scarce, it's limitless. Therefore, it can be shared (laughs) infinitely.
1: Got you. Got you.
0: (laughs) I saw he shared it. I was like, Little Yachty, that's strange. Then I saw Quest Love was like, Yo, this shit is. amazing i was Some like all right let me go visual listen to this. thing too right i don't know i just went yeah. on spotify i listened to it i was i liked it it's it's a great album i recommend everybody go listen to it but me being a sagittarius that i am <laughs> went to Rashid and i was like rasheed have you heard little Yaki's new album <laughs> <laughs> and he was like little Yaki. And I was like, yeah, you know, Little yaki. I don't know anything about him. He was like, you mean Little Yachty, nigga? <laughs> and that's how I learned what his name was. Oh, God. He was like, Shanti, just don't say things anymore. What did that lady say last week? She told us to stop
1: saying stuff wrong or shut up. <laughs> know what you're talking little about before yacky. you
0: Why well, I, re- I read you that? You about weave. Isn't Yaki weave? I don't. Uh, because the word Yacht. It's very hard for the brain and the eyes to read. No it makes no sense. So I that was, was like, actually CH a meme. is...
1: That was a meme. <laughs> did you see that? When people were like, shout out to folks who link- yeah. English was not their right. first language and they got to Yacht and didn't give up and, and say fuck this? didn't give up. That's amazing. Because I would have been like, no.
0: But still, I called it Yaki. Not Yacht. That's yachting. okay.
1: <laughs> that comp- that makes complete sense to me. Y'all because- should listen
0: to his album. It's, it is... I'm proud of him. I've, is he I've, rapping
1: or is it Sonic? Like, what is do it? Do you
0: know what? Uh, you know Childish Gambino, right? Yeah. You, do you know his music before he came out from "Awaken My Love"? He was like doing rapidy rap hip hop, and then he dropped "Awaken My Love," which is a soul funk album, which is complete uh-huh. three sixty. So yeah. I feel like this is, you know, I don't know what Little Yachty was playing you before. Don't know anything. but I think it was just Lil like Yachty. you know nothing. John Snow. Sorry. Um, I don't know. It's a complete 360. It's giving. Life. How do
1: you know it's a complete 360 if you don't know his former music? Because
0: Questlove says so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Guys, I don't think that Shanti, and none of these opinions are her own. She's just regurgitating shit
0: she saw. on Instagram. No, it's a good album. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But apparently Do you what, hear what you just said? I no, it's a good album. And then you just said, I don't know I don't what know. his music was originally, but okay. what he put out now seems different and not something you'd expect from somebody named Little Yachty. That's all the stereotype Ooh, that I would say. stereotyping. Oh, not you stereotyping. We get. gonna get into that. Okay, I, mm. I said it. But um it's good. Bias. You should listen to it. It's like um, it's like this new t- electronic <laughs> funk poppy sound, hip, and he's singing. He's not like rapping, rapping. So shout out, shout out to the weird black dude. Oh, it's
1: giving like his heartbreak 808s moment where he's just like, watch me, watch me be an artist.
0: Yes. It's his art. It's like him doing his a 360 thing. Like, fuck, I've, I've. I don't know. Listen to Quest. What? Request loves caption. That's what it is. <laughs>
1: Maybe you should look that up next time. That's Have that it ready is. as a source. All shout right. out
0: to all my Sagittarius. You know what it is. Let's go. All
1: right. Um, in other news, I want to shout out uh, a homegirl. We're friendly on the interwebs. We've only met once, but I fuck with her heavy. Nick Stone. She has a new book out. It's called How to Be a Young Anti-Racist. And... Um, this was a, how to be an anti-racist is its own thing as well. This is the version, I believe, for younger folks. Uh, It says the number one New York Times bestseller that sparked international dialogue is now a book for young adults. Oh, it's co-authored
0: by Ibrahim. Okay. Yes.
1: Based on the adult bestseller by Ibrahim X. Ibrahim. Don't not. Ibrahim. You said (laughs) (laughs) Ibrahim. You say Ibrahim first, and I say, I I repeat it. (laughs) Ibrahim X. Kendi, and co-authored by bestselling author Nick Stone, How to Be a Young Anti-Racist will serve as a guide for teens seeking a way forward in acknowledging, identifying, and dismantling racism and injustice. Get it
0: for little Sean and JoJo.
1: You get, get those... it for JoJo. I will only get it for JoJo when you make me her godmother. I'm not buying her nothing else until you- Wow, that's you...
0: controlling and weird.
1: On it to is. The next
0: co- to the next- uh, <laughs> I want to know again. why.
1: One day we're going to talk about that for real. Like I want to why, know why, why do you want... Why
0: does? I don't know what that means. That's not a part of my culture. It's like, yeah, I got to make this kid a godmom It's because... if something
1: happens to you and her father that this is who you're entrusting to raise your kid-
0: But Antoinette, I have a whole. I have a sister. I have. You would give JoJo to your sister. Yeah, he has nine siblings. That just wouldn't be the. Wait, 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 wait. So you would? Maron has a whole family. That we'll talk about this. Care for JoJo and know her. She has (gasps) cousins. I don't care for JoJo and know her. They're her family. That doesn't. I don't understand. I need to figure (laughs) out who would be who she would be in care of because. Well, it's, all, it's
1: not just that. All right, fine. But then there's also godmoms who are just like, all right, this is the person that's designated to be like your old head who will help you. It's supposed to help you but with your spirituality and your faith. You
0: decide to like, like my godmom was my godmom because she fucked with me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this title and then I'm going to show up. She was just like, there. she was like my mom. So it was like, it makes sense. All right. But you have to have a, a title to have a deep relationship with her? I don't know. No.
1: I, I, I didn't know that I didn't have one, but this is not what the fuck the topic <laughs> is about. So we're going to talk about this book. All right. So I will be more than happy to get this for JoJo so I could have a deep relationship with her. Okay. I am encouraging everyone to, if you have a young person in your life, get this book. Check it out. Because... um. There might not be books like this available in schools or libraries soon. We don't know what the hell's going on. There's a lot of legislation being passed over in Florida, and these other red states are surely going to copy. So this is a beautiful resource, I believe. I, I think mine was just delivered today, so I'm going to check it, that out. Moving right along. Okay, this is what I've been wanting. Y'all, I got my life last night. I did have half an edible, but I'm gonna tell you about my spiritual experience. (laughs) So last night I was stressed out, and I was doing the damn—I was editing out the music, and then I was scrolling on Yaba's page, and I saw this live, and and. Yabba is not, she doesn't just bullshit her words, right? So I saw amazing conversation in Capital levers, and I was like, oh, but I also saw she had the Sable earrings on. So I went to comment and I was like, ah, I ain't even listened yet, but I saw the Sable earrings. Ah, ah, ah you look good. And then I said, well, you got to go back and listen because you wrote that and that would <laughs> just, <laughs> you can't just comment, be that person to comment on how she looks and not listen to the content. So I started listening and she was in conversation with Cole Arthur Riley, who just, I don't, she didn't just release it. This book has been out. This book is called This Here Flesh, Spirituality, Liberation, and Stories That Make Us. And one of the Uh, I guess, descriptions for the book reads, in her studying debut, Cole Arthur Riley weaves stories from three generations of her family alongside alongside contemplative reflections to discover the necessary rituals that connect us with our belonging, dignity, and liberation. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, what that mean? So I'm listening to her talk and there was a point, there was a lot covered in this talk and I highly recommend y'all go to yaba blay y a b a b l a y on instagram and look at this live that she has posted I, I i think i can post live links as well so that'll be in the description they were talking about spirituality and faith and they were talking about ancestors this is just one of the convers one of the topics within like the first 15 minutes and they were speaking about how when they were thinking back about the ancestors there was a level of imagination that they had to have in order to have a spiritual practice just given the conditions they were in we're talking about enslaved people we're talking about folks that you know grow up in civil rights like all kinds of just hardships but there was still they were still deeply rooted in spirituality and their spirituality was deeply rooted in their liberation because we, and this is what I want to talk about next week on the podcast, what is liberation? I was always approaching liberation as this thing that that white people would have to grant us. And if someone has to give you your freedom, is it is it even liberation at all? Is it freedom at all if you, if, if someone requires, if, if it requires for someone to give it to you? So then you sit there and you think about your ancestors, and she was offering that her spirituality is in her imagination of who they were, of what they were, of how they existed, of what they believed. And through that, she was able to ground herself in faith. And while I was listening to this, it made so much more sense to me mm. than anything else that I've ever read or encountered when it comes to spirituality. Somehow connecting it to liberation and ancestors did that. And I felt a very strong presence mm. in my room. Like I mm. felt it. And I, I it didn't feel like a person. It just felt like a buzzing, like energy mm. just around me. And I got up from my bed and I went to this little corner of my um, of my dresser that is my designated altar. And in it, I have like a coconut shell that I have like different um, notes in that I haven't really u- utilized in a long time and candles. And I wrote a note and it just said, thank you. And I folded it up. I put it in the coconut shell, and then I went and was like, "I haven't done an offering in a long time." Poured some liquor in a, you know, in a cup. Put it on the altar. Kind of sat there, lit the candle, and just felt the energy.
0: Hmm.
1: And it's going to lead us into our next conversation. And I think we can save the the next thing for the end that we, that we have on the podcast, Shanti. In that moment, I was in, in that evening and that day, I was prepping for this episode because we're going to talk about Tyree Nichols. Um, and I really wanted to do this episode justice um, and be really, really intentional with my approach. But it was in that moment that I recognized he is an ancestor now. mm and he, his energy, too, is what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about community, it became really powerful for me to recognize that the community is not just the people that are walking amongst us. Mm-hmm. It's that energy. And how and we see these kind of stuff on social media all the time around you know, walk like you've got a million ancestors behind you. And it never really registered until I imagined things. I imagined their spirituality. I imagined specific things about them. It took me back to my practice of being in theater and how when you're given a character, you do all of this character work. Often you're not told where your character was born What type of food they liked, what part of their body ached, who their first love was, what parent they grew up favoring. You have to create that whole story in order to know and really know that character and to be them Mm -hmm. and to do them justice. And I started to think about ancestors and how ancestors is just a word for me right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not connected to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't imagined them. Mm-hmm. I haven't breathed, breathed any life into them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I haven't really um, acknowledged them. them. Yeah. Yeah, and invited them in. Yeah. And so it was a really, really powerful moment. And it was only like 15 minutes into the talk. And the talk is like an hour and a half. And I'm still not... Do- I keep hitting this mic. And I'm still not done. Like I only got to about 45 minutes in. And then I was like, girl, you got you to gotta start your work because you playing. And so I'm going to finish it, but it's so rich. So I can't wait to jump into her book. When I do, Get Ready to Woo Woo is coming. I can feel it. And I feel like I've been calling in this thing of like, how do I get connected to my faith? What is the pathway for me? Because I I feel so disconnected and I don't feel rooted in any in anything like real and substantial. And I feel like
0: I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shout out to your ancestors and energies that are pushing you towards all of that. Yeah. co author Riley, um, her Instagram for those that want to follow her and see, she has really, really beautiful posts and um, prompts for you to consider um, is black liturgies. And that's B L A C K L I T U R G I E S. And again, she does take, I definitely, I definitely, she definitely follows a Christian Mm -hmm. modality, but, not in the kind of in a box or um, kind of the oppressive, she kind of offers different ways of using Christianity to deepen into our ideas about liberation, whether that be around feminism or Mm -hmm. racism or capitalism. She really fucks it up, her brain and the way she sees things and the way she just makes mundane or like things that are really political, blah, 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 and morphs it into this spiritual p- prompt or spiritual yeah. ask of all of us is, um, yeah, shout out to Inspiring. the
1: guy. Inspiring. She mm-hmm. also has a, a, a her own Instagram as well that's not attached to Black Liturgies. Um, she just has Cole Arthur Riley. And Arthur is no U. No A-U. Just A-R-T-H-U-R. Um, but she's, she's phenomenal. But let's get into it. And this week we're not going to have pop culture. We're going to spend some time on politics. And I don't even think this is politics. I think this is more about humanity. And we're going to talk about Tyree Nichols. And I hope that it's not in the same ways where, where we're just regurgitating the facts and the frustration. Um, but we have to first start with the facts. So we can get to the deeper meanings. Um, okay. So Tyree Nichols, I'm assuming everyone knows by now, is the black man that was murdered at the hands of the of police officers in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, he was coming home, apparently, according to his lawyer and family, from taking pictures of the sunset. Um, he was pulled over by the police for reckless driving, although there are no videos that can substantiate that. And even the police chief, C.J. Davis, has confirmed that there are no videos to substantiate the initial um, reasoning for pulling him over. He pulls over. The police are already escalated. Um, They are berating him they are they yelled 71 different and mostly contradicting demands at him um stand up get down hands behind your back do this do that they're all yelling at him at the same time he is the only person that is attempting to remain calm you can see that he's anxious you can see that he's scared you can hear it um but he is he did not curse he was compliant. Um, Tyree basically, um, he manages to run away from them because at this point they're berating him, they're beating him, and he's obviously in fear for his life. So he manages to run because when the police pepper sprayed him, um, they accidentally pepper sprayed themselves as well. And they are grow increasingly frustrated. They escalate even more in the chase. They finally catch up to him. And they continue to beat him until he is unable to stand on his own. Um, and this is where I think it's most heartbreaking. And I I, I saw that psychologists say that When they believe that when life is leaving your body, um, something triggers you to think back to your earliest subconscious or conscious uh, memories. And so you think back to the womb. You think back to who was there with you, who offered you safety, who cared for you. And nine times out of 10 who protected you and that's your mother. Tyree's last words were him yelling for his mother three different times and he was only 80 yards away from his home. Um, Let me just take a second. That's a lot. So um, medical professionals did... (laughs) Or whatever They did not offer any care for him You can hear the police immediately start to say Oh, you could tell he was high He was this, he was that They're coming up with stories That aren't substantiated Because they know that they have like these cameras on them Whatever, whatever The footage that caught That captured this Is not even like the police footage It's footage from over-policing Believe it or not because we live in, many of us live in cities where cameras are everywhere, right? So they collected footage from all over um, to fully understand what happened, and they still don't. Five officers were fired, charged, and arrested within 20 days. This incident happened January 7th, although it was not made public right away. So... There's also a white hand in the video that I should point out. Everybody's asking, that white hand is is tasing him. And why is that white hand not arrested? Where is that person at? And um those an- those questions have not been answered yet.
0: They did. They sh- they revealed his identity and who the cop was, but you're saying they don't they didn't reveal why he hasn't been charged with anything? Yeah, they haven't no. revealed that. Uh-huh.
1: Or to my knowledge at on February 1st, Wednesday at 9.13 p.m. He has not been charged. No, Nothing has been filed against him as of yet. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Do you have anything that you want to add or do you want me to keep going?
0: No, No. keep going.
1: All right. So the first thing that I want to chat about is that um, I received some pushback based off of something that I um, posted and it was... Actually, I think it was a repost from Yaba's page, (laughs) but it was a quote um, from Neely Fuller. And the quote is, if you don't understand racism slash white supremacy, what it is and how it works, everything else you think you understand will only confuse you. And there were lots of folks after I posted that who questioned it, I the response, the feedback I got was that they felt that I was trying to blame white people for the actions of five black police officers, um, and that those officers should be held accountable, and white supremacy should not be a scapegoat. So I, I want to stop there, and first, it, I want to I want to first talk about what white supremacy is, okay? And I'm going to give the definition first and foremost, as in the Webster definition. So it's a noun and it says, the belief that the white race is inherently superior to other races and that white people should have control over people of other races, right? I first read that and I thought, okay, that doesn't feel sufficient enough. And then there's a second definition that this is more so what I'm getting at. The social Economic and political systems that collectively enable white people to maintain power over people of other races. So in reading that, you understand, hopefully, that white supremacy is not only a belief system, it is also a system in its and in it of itself. And that's how I landed back on the Karen Hunter's YouTube page in this research watching the in-class with Dr. Carr, episode 151, Tyree Nichols, and the system of brutality. So I think that it's important for us to understand that, or for us to maybe not understand, because I want to say that I'm completely right, but for us to consider that white supremacy as a system within, within this bigger system, or the police department functioning in the system of white supremacy does, does uphold that belief system. It was rooted in that, you know, the foundation of the police department is rooted in white supremacy. The first police department was established for slave patrol. Okay. There was no police department before that. They just had Quakers and they had folks who were on, um, what is it? Like the night watch. But there was no established police department. That did not come to be until they were trying to, quote unquote, patrol slaves, runaway slaves or, and enslaved and people. You also have to recognize the location of this space. And as we talk about ancestors, this might be too woo-woo for folks, but energetically there's something here. This took place in Memphis, Tennessee. The KKK is founded under 200 miles away, in Pulaski, Tennessee. So again, you're dealing with a state that has these ties. It's deeply rooted. There's no way that the where the KKK was founded, that those ideologies are not deeply embedded in the systems, in the practice, in the culture. Um, I also had a friend, Skylar, who I appreciate very much, There was someone online who said, can someone explain logically how five black officers killing a black man is white supremacy? His response was, they are participants in a system that was designated to police and brutalize black bodies from its very creation. Look up the true origins of police. Ironically enough, them sharing the skin color of Tyree didn't help them to see his humanity as it is often the case with black police officers. And so I offer you this in in like, when you internalize racism, the color of your skin becomes secondary. When you internalize white supremacy, which many of us do,
0: the color of your skin,
1: right? All of us have and do. All of us, I would say becomes secondary and that this is institutionalized in police culture. And in all American culture if if in my opinion, it's the same way that a woman can uphold patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It, it's so deeply embedded in us. it's the it's that-
0: the foundation of colorism within black
1: people. yes. It, it it's white just, supremacy, yeah, and it's not an attack. White supremacy, I, I I think we get caught up in the word white. and so we attribute it to white people. But again, it's systems. It's a thought process. it's it's a belief system. It's not saying white supremacy, that white person right there is bad. That is so micro. This is macro. That's all I'm going to offer. I, I want to shut up so that you can speak.
0: Yeah, and I don't I think that I think people don't understand the function of policing is control power mm-hmm. and its violence, right? You have police forces being trained by military and being funded by military opera, operations and heads of military. It trickles down. It's not meant to keep peace in a way that it's conflict resolution, in a way it's grounded in empathy, humanity, emotional um, capacity, tolerance, intelligence. It's violence. And that is directly, just like you said, related to its founding and the founding of this country, which is violent Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's, it's for control and it's connected deeply with class it's 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 all <laughs> with patriarchy the man, the fact that you have these men not able to have or show um an inkling of humanity of compassion of nurturing uh, it's just aggression it's just toxic masculinity like at its core doing its thing showing mm-hmm. ma- made manifest yeah and they're all embedded and we're all victims of it and we're all we all perpetuate it it's not and we're all participants white, white supremacy is not you know just a karen out here in a camera mhm it's the fact that all of us feel safer and can't again when i love that you talked about imagination before is that we can't even imagine what is possible without police, right? We can't even imagine what a New York City would be like without police. And so these ideas, when we had the George Floyd abolish Police, fuck police! When all this like abolitionist theory was circulating, people were like, "That's impossible. We can't imagine that." The only option is, the only safety and the only option is in this, um, is in this box of control because we're not safe otherwise. It's not possible. There's no other way. Humans are just, you know, um, need to be controlled and need that's the only way that we know how to resolve, we're taught to resolve anything. So you have these five black cops who are trained in these, who are trained and taught this. I guess, I don't know the complete um,
1: yeah, they're, backstory. Yeah, the, they were but in they, the Scorpion the, unit.
0: Yeah, like they're trained to do this. This is their history. Mm-hmm. This is what they do. They connected one cop to... Um, a fraternity in which you're beat into a fraternity. You have to tolerate, you know, I don't pain think, I think it's more and humiliation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you're like, why do these cops do that? They're black. As if having melanin in your skin is going to protect you from this conditioning, from these Weird beliefs that we all collectively hold somehow. the 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 i the collective idea that the only possibility for quote unquote peace is through state violence. We're out we're we're not what seriously. There's no other possibility. There's no other conflict rev- resolution. There's no other way that we can be safe. We're all complicit in it. Yeah, we're all and complicit. even in all
1: this. I have shame that I don't, even with this, I don't think I can imagine at this moment.
0: Because it's not in our popular without conversation. I, yeah. I don't know if any of us imagined that. Um, I think there was probably a point in our lives where we couldn't imagine a nuclear family being the only way we couldn't imagine transgender people having sovereignty and like any type of power or respect. Like, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's been, there has to be years of reconditioning. Again, I'll go back to a, an experiment that happened in Camden in which They took guns away from the cops, and they weren't allowed. I, I wish I had this, um, the exact facts there, but there was a something of that, following more of like an abolitionist theory of like we can't just do this through violence. Cops have to be in the community. They have to have relationships with the community. They have to be trained in different conflict resolution. It has to be a slow, intimate. um, connections made between cops and the places in which they you know survey and it ended up being a a 360 the violence lowered when they took the guns away from the cops when they were trained in how to like properly engage with people trust was created
1: punitive yeah
0: no but we don't think it's possible because how the fuck does our military work like how the fuck does America work besides it being violent? Yeah, I don't know. It's I. It's just I want to.
1: I want to ask because I I, I want to get to the other two areas um, that I wanted to cover on this, or not ask but just point out and really emphasize that lack of humanity. Um, I I don't know how you beat someone to death with your hands. Or near to near death, and then see that, and your f- first instinct is to cover up what you did and not to assist them. Um, I just don't know how you devalue life in that life in that way. Someone who's literally seems Tyree seems to have been someone who valued life greatly, taking pictures of the sunset, skateboarding. The the stories that people are telling of him is that he's just always had a smile on his face, talked to anybody, given little girls flowers in the park. Like they have footage of this. Him skateboarding and some little girl being amazed by it, and he's giving her a flower to put behind her ear. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's but another question- of
0: police. I don't think. I don't know.
1: Well, I, I question all of us. I want us all to ask that. That's our work, is to just check in, I think. Because I think with everything going on, there is a level of in inhumanity that exists that is deeply troubling for me. Um, And I see it in how we date, how we swipe left, how we just devalue a being. Um, but that's a topic for another another episode. I have another question. Um, did you watch it? No, The video? Me neither. Not. So I'll come right out and say I did not watch it. I listened to some of it. I couldn't bring myself to open my eyes, but I did listen to a, a portion of it. And so this is where Dr. Carr and I part ways a bit um because and maybe not part ways but um he had asked his the co-host Karen Hunter if she watched it um and she said she did and he thanked her for that he thanked her for watching it and i i know that the first thing when i heard that the footage was coming out was to just gently remind people that it's okay if you can't watch it that was my first instinct to say like you're not less woke You're not less liberated and you're not less dedicated to liberation and freedom if you can't watch it. And I just thought what he said about watching the video was really interesting. And so I just want to play that. I didn't want to watch it. Did you watch? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I
2: watched because my logic was simple. If it were me, I'd be watching it firsthand. So the idea of not watching it is like, what am I doing when that could be Karen Hunter or Greg Carr or anybody in this now over what are we looking at now? Thousand and a half and joining still. And for the thousands who are here over the arc of the week uh, who are in this space, it could be any of us. So the idea that I would turn away because, I mean, if I were there, would I turn away? You know, unlike the young sister who Recorded the execution of George Floyd. What happens when we don't watch? And it is very painful to watch. It is indeterminately more painful to have experienced it. So the least I can do is bear witness. Bear witness. This is this is classic. I mean, everybody has done that. Our our, our grandmothers did that. Our great great grandfathers did that. James Baldwin, of course, just catching a glimpse of that in, in a few words in this garbage can language we call it the English language talks about bearing witness we have to bear witness because as you say and you are communicating with us with those words across your chest i am my ancestors every ancestor that has ever lived is in our blood so we can't turn away
1: so with that and uh, and again i watched this before i had my whole ancestor thing that evening right And I heard him say that, and I was like, "Oh, now I feel guilty." But I also am like, "Have we watched
0: that? how How is black violence and the killing? I know, and the destruction of black bodies not what we see. So many people, black men, experience violence firsthand. Maybe not to Mm -hmm. that detriment, like to death, but I'm so." Any nigga that I know has fought their whole life and had to fight mm-hmm. or has watched somebody else fight. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't
1: I don't if, know either. I this is again where I said I I part ways a bit here. But I do understand the significance. Uh, I do understand what he's saying about bearing witness. And the importance of bearing witness. And I'm also like, well, what about your mental health? What about joy?
0: What about, what about your about nervous ma- system? Yeah. What about yeah. You knowing what you can tolerate? What about your... Listen. Right. Whose responsibility is it to, to bear watch, witness? Jolie has to watch some type of violence of black bodies at some point. And like, I have to invite her into watching that because you can Why? also be you can also be in a complete bubble and the word mm-hmm. beaten to death and the word slavery doesn't mean anything until you've watched it i think i've watched enough beatings and i have enough reference points to like i see yeah i don't mm-hmm. know i don't know i think for some people maybe it is if there's some part of, of people that feel dismissive of it, or like maybe they need to watch it, but if your mm-hmm. heart is already broken, like, bro, like. Yeah. His mom or should re-traumatize watch that.
1: yourself. She didn't. His mother did not watch it. So I want to make yeah, that clear. Like, she why tried she to watch it. She tried to, and she couldn't get through it. That's her oh, baby. Oh, could never. But. And his brother, excuse me, I just lied. His mom watched some of it and did not get through it. His brother did not watch all of it because he saw what it did to his mother. Um, his mother made a very specific choice, though, around wanting that footage out. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, speaking of ancestors, of Emmett Till's mother. hmm making that very specific choice of you're going to see what you, everybody needs to at least have the option to see what they did to my boy. Because as we, we feel like, listen, I've seen it. My heart is fucking broken. As soon as I heard it, I had to sit with it. I had to recognize him as an ancestor. I had to do that work. There are people like Jolie who's never seen it. There are people who would rather watch, I don't know, that fucking Zeus network that I think is killing us slowly. Those types of things to, to, you know, numb themselves from it. They feel it. There's no way you don't feel it. You, You feel white supremacy every day. Okay. But to be in touch with, With the humanity, or the lack of humanity, I should say, of it, is a whole other thing. So I leave that there for folks who haven't seen it, have seen it, are torn about watching it. It's a very personal choice. I don't reserve any judgment, and I don't think Dr. Carr does either. But I think it's important... There is something to be said about bearing witness. And I don't know if that always has to be in the form of watching trauma play out. It could be this. It could be listening to this podcast. It could be listening to Dr. Carr and Karen Hunter speak about it. It could be reading an article, whatever it is, but give it its give it what it's worth, you know? Lastly... <laughs> I am deep diving into Cole Arthur Riley, bringing her up again, because she posted, and this she posted this, I think in 2020, Um, it was an article she wrote for The Atlantic, and it's the virtues of silence in times of tragedy. And she's basically questioning in this article, are, are we performing grief in this age of social media? in this age of everyone being a brand, in this age of being an author and having a platform and people looking to you to respond. I have a friend who I remember reaching out to him. I don't even remember what it was about. It was about something along the lines of... um, race relations and things of that nature. And he does work in that space of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I could tell that he was frustrated by me reaching out and asking him what his thoughts were on it. And I apologize because I realized, like, he's exhausted. He's expected, because he's in this space, to show up and have this formulated opinion and be ready emotionally to speak about it. And sometimes you're just not. And I appreciated in that moment him not performing. So let me, I just want to read an excerpt from this article because I think this is really important. She said, Audre Lord famously said, your silence will not protect you. This is something that we had a whole episode about back in the day. The wisdom has been taken, or excuse me, this wisdom has been taken to the extreme. To be silent is to be complicit. People, including myself, have said, This can be true. There's there's certainly a silence born of cowardice, a silence that emboldens oppressors. But sometimes to be silent is to finally become honest, to halt the theater. In the quiet, we at last hear the sound of our own interior world, the pain or the numbness, the guilt, the nothing at all. And I wanted to bring this up because I feel like a lot, I feel pressured sometimes to, and you've talked about this, especially with this platform, especially since I am someone who, you know, I'm like, oh, we got to talk about politics as usual. We got to be on top of it. We got to disseminate information. It has to be factually correct. We have to know how we feel. And sometimes I'm realizing it, it is performative if I'm not really ready. I'm realizing that sometimes it has nothing to even do with the message. That it's very possible that the posting and the fucking black boxes, she brings that up in the article, which blew my mind with George Floyd, is more about like, know that, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm not like them. You know, I'm not like them. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm this way. I'm woke. I don't want to be included in that. And so this is just me. It's almost like on Facebook, when you check, I'm safe. It's almost like that's the, that's now the intention with these posts and it's fine. I'm not saying not to post, but I, what I'm saying is it needs to be something that you're ready to do, and and something honest. I'll shut up.
0: Go ahead, you. Yeah, please. that's. I agree wholeheartedly. I just, um, uh, yeah. Just to even go back to George Floyd, I just didn't have a lot to say or a lot to process at that time. Um, and I think a lot of this requires, if you know, if you want to talk about like ancestor work or being quiet, a lot of it requires just not saying anything and creating space to hear, to listen, to really feel. And that can't be happening if you're bombarded with information, you're... Mm just distracting yourself more. And you can you can still be distracted and you can still be numb and you can still be um, deaf to, again, possibilities or information, even if you're rallying, even if you're, like, you know, angry. Um, that can become an, an identity in itself. I think a lot of people have issue with Sean King in that it's, Mm. Often not, it's it's an identity, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, being angry, being upset, having something to say, holding everybody accountable is an identity versus um, it, it, it being an honest response. It, it coming from an authentic space um, and that takes time and again we're all on this hamster wheel of of you know things losing um their shareability things being old shit is happening at such a fast pace you know i don't know i don't know like that is it's just a lot and it takes a lot yeah. of time and it's it's often not in alignment with the with the pace of the world with the speak of <clears throat> the pace of, like, Instagram and infographs. Niggas create infographs immediately. The little the murals with designs in the mm-hmm. back of the person that's killed comes up immediately, and it's, like, they're beautiful, but, yeah, what happens when there's a little bit of moment of silence, like... And reflection.
1: And reflection. I also, I also think, too, something that... Um... Cole points out in her article in The Atlantic is that what if my voice is drowning out the voices that we need to be listening to? Mm-hmm. We don't always have to have something to say. There's time to listen and you can be just as deeply engaged. Um, I'm looking at the time and I'm seeing that we're going a little bit over. Is it okay if we skip the next topic and I take us out? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So on the heels of this, you posted what is how do you say her name? Bobo, Bobo's boy. Bobo's boy. That
0: that's hot shit too. You gotta, y'all got to get into Bobo's. Void. I've
1: got. I've been getting into it. You've been I listening like to it. their
0: podcast.
1: I've been listening during work when I can. I've been listening on YouTube. Yeah, very interesting. But she posted this, and since the ancestors feel super present. When you posted this, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, they're talking to me, they're talking to me. (laughs) So I'm going to read this. We're going to put affirmation music behind this to set the fucking mood and really call them in. All right, call them in. In order to be born, you need two parents, four grandparents, eight great-great-parents, 16 second-great-grandparents, 32 third great grandparents 64 fourth great grandparents 128 fifth great grandparents 206 256 excuse me sixth great grandparents 512 seventh great grandparents 1024 eighth great grandparents and 2048 Ninth great great grandparents. For you to be born today from 12 previous generations, you need the total sum of 4,094 ancestors over the last 400 years. Think for a moment how many struggles, how many battles, how many difficulties. How much sadness? How much happiness? How many love stories? How many expressions of hope for the future did your ancestors have to undergo for you to exist in this present moment? And with that, we are.
0: You have just heard an Around the Way Curls, John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Curls. We out early!
1: <laughs> Very good.